You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Abby. And I'm Vanessa. And you're listening to Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly Bravo podcast where we recap your favorite shows in 30-ish minutes every week. And it's kind of sad we don't have Craig with us today, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, right? I still can't wah, believe that wah. happened. We spent our Cinco de Mayo with Craig. It was so weird. Like, in a great it, way. It, I just... I still can't believe it. I still cannot believe it happened. It really hasn't hit me. It felt like Christmas morning when we released it because we knew about this for several weeks. We kind of teased about it. But then when we released it, it was just like, oh, my God, it's real. Exactly. And he – no, I'm surprised no one's messaged us any questions about him. But, one, he is still just as handsome via Zoom, which I don't know. I don't want to say that's, like, hard to do, but I was – you know, that was just like, wow, you're still just as attractive via my webcam. Um, and he's just was really nice and chatty and friendly with us. There was no facade. There was it wasn't like there wasn't any fake. He wasn't really he was really open to anything that we threw at him. And he was very lovely. Not that I expected that. But I will say and there are all of our encounters with Bravo Labs there a lot of them are exactly how you expect them to be on TV. There's no, I have not met someone and been like, oh, you're really different than how you portray yourself on the show. Like most people are like, what you see is what you get. I agree. I can't think of somebody who was like complete opposite or one way or another. Like I think the people that seem very genuine and down to earth and sweet on TV truly are. And uh, those who seem high strung and crazy truly are. So, I mean, there's, there's only so much editing and production can do. Like a, a, a lot of your true personality is going to come through. And Craig was just so genuine, so sweet. I don't know. He was, he was just adorable. I wanted to just give him a hug. I, which, I mean, that sounds so bad given the timing that we're in right now. But one day we'll get to give Craig a hug. Oh, yeah. I mean, I want, I mean, I'm pregnant and I would be happy to make out with him. <laughs> it would not feel guilty. Is he on your list? I he mean, he be. wasn't before, but now he is. <laughs> I don't even know my list anymore. I remember like having one, I think even before I got married, people like, what celebrities would you want to hook up with? And I mean, it's really old. I, I need to go back and update it. I think Heath Ledger was probably still on my list, to be honest, like from like a Night's Tale. Oh, well, that's a good one. Rest in peace, Heath. Yeah, my saying, number one is Paul yeah. Rudd. I mean, we've talked about Paul yes. Rudd. Ugh. It's so in Zach Efron has been on my list too, and they're polar. Really, I feel like Zach would be the one night stand. Paul would be the week long hall pass. <laughs> uh, see, that's my concern with Paul. Someone like Paul Rudd is I couldn't 
shut it off after a week. Like he's just so, I I have a huge crush on like him. Jason Sudeikis is another one for me. I think he is just funny, charming, and a good-looking guy. I Love You Man is one of my favorite movies, and they're both in it. Oh, no, he's not. No, I'm you're thinking Jason of Jason Segel. Jason I think he's Segel. So I actually, a long time ago, in watching that movie, I'm like, if I were to, like, marry a celebrity, it would be Jason Segel. Yeah, we're getting so yeah. far off topic, so let's just no. pivot, pivot to Atlanta. I want to start by saying – I'm pretty sure I said on past podcasts, I've told friends that watch Bravo, that I thought a Zoom reunion would be the worst thing ever, that all the women would just talk over one another. It would be hard to produce it, to figure out how to mute, unmute, and it would just be a jumbled mess and nobody would be glamorous. And boy, did these women prove me wrong. I am eating my words, everybody, because wow. It was, I would say the production value, I know a lot of them did not, I don't know, practice full on social distancing, but the production value compared to the summer house reunion, which we'll talk about in a little bit, (laughs) this blew it off the water. I loved the the glam, everything. It was so good. And Atlanta in general are known for reunions and they brought on the shade and the clapbacks and the receipts. It was really entertaining. I, I mean, I loved every second of it. And I mean, even Nini's theatrics, she didn't She didn't let the fact that she couldn't storm off stage, she found a way to storm off the reunion. And I don't know. I think the women went there. I loved it. Uh, I mean, let's start, though, by there's a big rumor going around with Atlanta right now. Before we dive into just, like, the details of the reunion, there is a rumor that Cynthia is being replaced by Phaedra, and I don't hate it. I don't either. I mean, I know I said this when we connected with Steve from Faces Up by Bravo. I feel like I like Cynthia. She's very likable, but I feel like she is kind of a friend of at this point in her housewife career. She's already moving. I think she's probably moving to LA and that probably solidifies this even more. I just don't, I'd be fine with Phaedra. Yeah. I I want Phaedra back. I, I loved her. I also think that might mean, I don't think it means Cynthia's done with housewives. I think Steve from Faces by Bravo's prediction that she might be on Beverly Hills. I I could see it happening. I think it'd be a great crossover. I fully support it. So in my mind, I think that's why it's happening. But uh, really, the reunion starts with answering the biggest question we all want to know. And it's why is Kenya giving Mark a second chance? And Andy's facial responses, amazing. They were incredible. It cracked me up. It was exactly what I was thinking. It's just very... I mean, it's not my business. It's not my relationship, but it was very, I'm just kind of confused by it, honestly. And again, it's none of our business as viewers, but since she shared so much, I just don't understand how you can go from where you were on TV and then all of a sudden to be like, we're fine. They're not even quarantining together. I don't know. It's just confusing to me. Maybe that's why they're fine because they're not quarantining together. I will say like if anybody out there listening that's married, Yes, you live with your significant other and you are around them a lot, but you are never around them this much. I totally understood. I'm getting a little bit ahead what Kyle was saying on the reunion where he's like, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. And I think what he meant is I wouldn't wish just being like confined with one person in your house in these four walls for 60 plus days. So I think if they were quarantining together, they would have a whole shit storm of problems and she would have a totally different mood. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. That was really interesting, but I loved that how he was giving it with all his face. That was really, really good. 
Yeah, I mean, Andy didn't hold back at all. And so then I feel like we really pivot into a lot of drama surrounding Nini. I mean, this is not unusual. Nini usually is in the hot seat. If she, if this were a couch, she would definitely be the closest to Andy. But, I mean, Eva came for her. Uh, Cynthia. Kenya, Candy. Candy. Really even Portia. Portia, at times. Portia was on her side, I think. Yeah, Portia I guess for the most part. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I think the biggest thing for me when I was thinking about, like, when should Nini apologize type of thing? And I know you made a comment, like, Nini's comments were horrible. The one thing that really bothered me is the whole thing about whether or not Brooklyn is Kenya's biologically. There's a rumor that it was an egg donor. And I just feel like as much as you hate someone, mother to mother, or, like, anyone who has a kid – if that's not something Kenya wants to talk about and if she's going to stand by the fact, whether it's true or not, I like, I don't even really want to get into that part of it, but like if she's going to stand by the fact that that's not true and she doesn't want to talk about it, I think it's extremely rude that Nini kept bringing it up. Oh, absolutely. I mean, on one hand, I guess she's standing by her words. <laughs> like you could think what you would want to think about that. But on the other hand, I might be the fucking bigger person nini or nene i mean i know people make com- horrible comments about you the bipolar comments even kenya's comment about the drag i won't even repeat it word for word because it was pretty bad i they say horrible things but when it comes to kids i feel like they're off limits and off the table and just be the bigger person you don't have to like kenya but maybe say i shouldn't have said that and just own up to that and move on well, and Nini needs to be careful because this is what got Brandy in trouble in Beverly Hills. She did this to Adrian. And unfortunately, it forced Adrian to have to tell all of her children that um, they I – be- I can't remember if they were egg donors or if they were born by surrogacy. But either way, it wasn't something that Adrian at the time, her husband, wanted to tell their kids yet. And because Brandy brought it up, it like created this whole mess of problems, everybody talking about it, and they were forced to tell their kids before they wanted to. And I just, I think when you're going into this, like it's one thing to attack someone's character, make fun of like even a marriage, but to attack a family, I don't, that's where I'm like, come on, Nini, you're better than this. And I know a lot of bad things have been said, but for some reason, that's just the one thing I can't really forgive Nini for. Yeah, for sure. And then bringing on the kid topic, Eva and Portia got into it over their kids and the comments that Eva has made about um, PJ. But the clapback of all clapbacks, <laughs> the best line of the reunion, while Eva and Portia were going at it and then making insults about being a young hen to an old hen, and Portia, <laughs> without skipping a beat, looks over to Eva and is like, well, them titties look like they're social distancing, and I about lost my shit in the best way possible. I will say, I mean, the, the ladies' ladies were on full display. Nini looked like she had water balloons and her shirt. I mean, like her boobs were just out there. And Portia had said what all of us were thinking. Like when Eva sat down, I was like, oh, okay. Like we couldn't have taped the boobs together a little more. I mean, they truly were going like east and west. They were opposite <laughs> directions. Uh, I did like that Eva was laughing with us, though. Like she, she took just, that in yeah. stride and she laughed. I mean, it was really good. <laughs> Oh, there were so many things they all said that was so good. What did you think about Candy and them confronting uh, Nini's friendship with Wendy Williams? I think it was needed. I mean, I just think, I think Nini hides behind Wendy a lot. I'm sure she leaks a lot of stuff to her. I think 
she manipulates that friendship to her advantage and brings a lot of the women down uh, in the process. And so I, I think when it comes from candy for me, it's like, I, I trust what candy says more. And I think she delivers it in a better way. Majority of the time, not that she's perfect. Uh, like I think had Kenya said that it would have been just a war, uh, but it, I mean, it pissed Nini off to the point that she shut her computer screen. Or her laptop. I mean, KMZ, KMZ did not skip a beat. So I thought, I thought everything she said, I, I agreed with. I, I mean, like Nini, whether you're being strategic or not by speaking about your friendship, I just feel like you guys benefit. This is a friendship that's beneficial to your image and your career. Yes, a hundred percent. And then, I mean, from there, Portia came ready. She was had receipts ready to go. And I loved, so she was talking about how Kenya really is not a good friend to Cynthia, which we saw pieces of that this season. My favorite part though, she's like, I have the receipts, but I'm not going to send it out. And Andy goes, why don't you screenshot that and text it to me and Cynthia? And she did it there. So I'm sure we're going to see it come back up on the reunion, but I love that Andy's like, you can just send that to me. I'll, I'll take that receipt. I mean, God, he's such a good little shit disturber. And I loved it. It was savage. And I love that when Kenya tried to come for Nini and Portia over them making up and Kenya like brought up her receipt was, I didn't even know where she was going with the print test, like bringing up something that was old and Portia didn't even hesitate. And it's like, well, I have this now. And <laughs> I mean, we're, we're hearing the rumors about Cynthia being gone. I'm like, well, I mean, maybe that's Bravo wants to bring Phaedra to go after Kenya. <laughs> That'd be a good move. It would be interesting. But yeah, we have two more parts left. And I will say, I I don't think every franchise should do a Zoom reunion. I think the real reunion is often better. But when we said no way will there be three parts for a Zoom, I think I'm 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 all in for part two, and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be all in on part three. Absolutely. And the ladies I hope the other franchises are watching because they're giving a one-on-one on how to do a proper reunion. <laughs> so I hope the other ones are kind of got to live up to that, the hype there. I kind of, I kind of want to see a Roni Zoom reunion. I think and I, I saw some tweets going around that Andy told the Beverly Hills ladies that they're going to use a different Oh, you said different platform, a different way. They're going to do it differently, but it's probably going to be done virtually. But I, I really would love to see what they do with Roni. Oh, absolutely. Do you think they should and, bring Jacques? Okay. I, this might be an unpo- unpopular opinion. I thought Jacques was very attractive when we first saw him. <laughs> I do not stand by that statement anymore. Time has just, um, time has not been on his side, in my opinion. He has aged. He's aged. Think? I mean, I was never attracted to him, so I looked at him with different eyes. I I enjoyed having him back, though. I mean, I, on one hand, I'm like, I'm glad that him and Lou are good friends and seem to be on friendly terms. They seem to be pretty friendly exes throughout the year. So I, I kind of, I enjoyed having him back on the TV screens. Um, I mean, his comedy was just a train wreck. I just... We'll get into that. But uh, I mean, from there, I'm trying to like remember. It feels like it was so long ago. It's like life pre-Craig and post-Craig is just really hard for me. But <laughs> we we get to I – like, I feel like the main thing that I – like my main takeaways are like four or five of them. But uh, 
Dorinda will not stop with the Tinsley thing. I know you made a note of it as well. Like, I just don't get why Dorinda is just going to like hang her hat on this Tinsley Tinsley storyline for this season. It's super dumb. It's just like, let it fucking go. Tinsley has a different relationship. I mean, Tinsley in not to be, I don't want to sound ageist at all. I'm not saying you can't have friends that are older. And clearly Tinsley has connected with some of the other women a lot more, but just like get over the fact she's not going to share everything with you. You guys probably don't even hang out off camera when you're not filming. No. So the fact that she has a good relationship with Leah and opens up and she doesn't with you, like get fucking over it. Like it's almost like Dorinda's nervous. Like, okay, well, Bethany's not on anymore. And I was close with Bethany. She's gone. I kind of get along with Ramona, but we're not as good as like, we're not the duo that Ramona and Sonia are. Sonia's just a national treasure. She's never at risk for, with Roni. It's like she's threatened because it's like if Leah and Tinsley are such good friends and people like that and enjoy it, they're solidifying their spot on there. And it's like Dorinda's like getting – she's like hitching her herself. What's the – I forget the phrase. And you're probably not going to know it either. Oh, no. I'm not going to know it. <laughs> but she's like riding their coattails essentially. She's like just you know hitching onto this little storyline and she's going to make it work because if everybody likes Leah, which so far they do, she wants to make sure she's part of it. Oh, absolutely. And it seems like, so a lot of people have been wondering who Ramona's friend is, who's always around, Elise. Yes. She came forward with like what was going on. So she isn't, she's basically a friend of, I knew pre-Roni that she was rumored to be a new housewife. So we have been following her on Instagram. So so I kind of had an idea of who she was, but she's a friend of, and I feel like for a friend of, unlike um, what friend up have we been talking about? Not Marlo, a new friend of Barb. No, I'm mm, I, unlike Sutton. I know the circumstances oh, yeah. are a lot different there because she was uh, supposed to be, but unlike Sutton, I feel like Elise being a friend of wasn't really. It was very subtle. It was also really organic. So she was. She just happened to be there for the Ramona, like the first episode where Ramona's crying. Like, I want a man to hold me, to love me. And Elise was just there for that. And she came back to another party and production thought she like enjoyed her. They thought she was funny, which I'm guessing there's footage we haven't seen. Only because I I haven't seen like the, uh, Elise just, you know, be hilarious. But they kept asking her to come on. And she said about a little over halfway through, she signed on to be a friend of, but she originally at the beginning when they first started filming was not a friend of, she was really just a friend of Ramona, not a friend of for the show. So I think when it's organic like that, I I feel like it's going to be, I think it's going to work. It's not going to be as forced. Yeah, no, I enjoy her so far. I mean, she seems to be um, as level-headed as one can be on that on that group, that cast of women. What did you think about Ramona and Leah's kind of like heart-to-heart on their way to the comedy show? I, I don't think I've ever seen this side of Ramona, and I really liked it. It was refreshing. It was great. I'm so glad she said all of that to Leah. It's the truth. I mean, don't text your mom that. Like, I, I don't – I'm not even – you don't have to be – Ramona's age to know that it's just like it's just human nature I feel like if the roles were reversed Leah would want someone to call her and talk to her about it and be in person so I'm really really glad that she was honest with her and just show kind of a lot more of her maternal side and it we kind of got glimpses of that when she went back to her hometown with Bethany remember at the bar and they like broke down over their childhoods and all that stuff so I, I like when Ramona gets vulnerable and honest and it is refreshing to see that side of her 
and then they get to the event and all the women say they're not bullies and we see a montage of all the bullying they've done. I mean, I just, I I loved that Dorinda said that she was the one who would fight the bullies in school. Like, well, I think the tables are turning because you're, you're quite a bully now. I mean, we say it all the time. If you're a nice person, you're going to be boring. On reality TV, you're going to be a boring housewife. So you have to not be a bully, but you've got to be a little bit of a antagonist and make confrontation happen. I just, I loved that they were on an anti-bullying event, but I don't like comedy and anti-bullying. I don't, I didn't really see the connection. I didn't either. It was kind of, it was weird. I did, I did get a kick out of Luann saying, oh, I never fucked the pirate, like making fun, like light of that. Although I really think she did. And Sonia also says that she did. And I'm, I'm more inclined to believe Sonia. Sonia put a poll on her stories. Did you see that? Uh, I, no. I should have screenshotted it. She put a poll that said, do you think Luann fucked the pirate? I'm not joking. I got to find it. Somebody uh, somebody saved it. I'll reach out to some of the Bravo accounts that maybe reposted it to their stories because it was so funny. I, I was dying. That I mean, classic Sonia move. Oh, total classic Sonia move. But it was, I mean, it started, I feel like the charity event itself started off strong and then the Ladies were some of the ladies were bored with some of the comedians and were trying you to could understand Jock. I mean, I don't even know what he was saying. I'm not trying to be like rude. He just has a very thick accent. And when you're talking fast, it didn't. I, I don't think anyone knew what he was saying. And then they all started kind of like fighting with one another. And I loved that. I believe it was Sonia who was like, I cannot believe we are fighting at an anti-bullying event. And it just I laughed out loud. I'm like, this is the housewives in a nutshell. They're going to promote any cause. They're there. They want to help out, but they don't really understand the point of the cause. No, not at all. Real quick, before we move on from Roni, we just posted this to our stories tonight. Uh, you did. Steve's theory, our friend faces by Bravo, who we love about Bruce and Tinsley. I wanted your thoughts on that. So oh, basically he's saying that Bruce is Scott, that there is truly not really a Bruce. And this was Tinsley's way of continuing her relationship with Scott without the criticism of the ladies and without production being involved. Your thoughts. I think he might be right. And a couple of people are like, well, you know, she said Bruce has kids and Scott doesn't. I think that might've been to just throw off the whole, throw off the scent of Scott for lack of a better word, because like, let's just create somebody that's completely different. And she's going to say she kind of likes being a stepmom and all this stuff. Uh, I think a hundred percent, it was a reason for her to go to Chicago. And now she's saying that she went there hoping he would see her with Bruce, but I think she was just there with him the whole time. I think I hadn't thought of that. And I was like, damn it, Steve, you're always one step ahead (laughs) in the best way possible. He's like a Jedi. He remembers everything. He caught on that. Like he was like watching Garcelle's confessionals and in his head, I'm just, I'm thinking like I'm Steve. He's like, Hmm, that looks familiar. And remembered that it was the same backdrop that Kim Richards had when she was a housewife. Like these are the type of things where you're just like a Jedi of Bravo. You just, your mind is just on a different level than the rest of us. He's, he's amazing. He is so great. And I did not (laughs) realize that. We'll share that. If you haven't seen that at all, we'll make sure to share that to our stories. Yeah, he made sure he put You Stole My Goddamn House, which I thought was great because it was the same background. But um, perfect transition into Beverly Hills, uh, where we really spend the majority of the time at Teddy's uh, all-in retreat, which uh, I find hilarious that none of them really wanted to be there. Dorit, though, really bothered me this episode. I 
she was so fake. I mean, she shows up in this like all glammed and then she's leaving early. She didn't want to meditate. She's just, she said she's going to be there to support Teddy. And there were, were a lot of tweets around this and her and Teddy got in a little bit of a Twitter war, but she was really just there so that she could say she was there. I mean, she wanted nothing to do with the entire event. So I, okay. I slight, I agree with you, but then there's points. I basically was on kind of team Dorit here a little bit until the photos of her came out <laughs> of her having her photo session when she said she was so busy I was kind of like, who who cares? She's campy. That's kind of like her shtick. She goes, she's over the top. She shows up. She did say she was going to be late. Teddy did not seem bothered by it. I'm like, yeah, who cares? I mean, at least she went and she said she was going to leave early and she's there. But her, she had me, her argument or her side, she had me until Kyle pulled out the photos that she took. And that, I was and they like, were like, okay. and she took them that morning. And like, there, you know, like she probably took it was probably hours of her in her house taking photos because she's going to post the best one and she had multiple poses. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just think to reach really, really fake. And she just I don't know. I just I I've never liked her and I still don't. And I'm not even like a huge Team Teddy person. I just think if you're going to show up, show up. Yeah. But even this, that argument was more of Dorit and Kyle. Like Teddy didn't even seem to care. Yeah. Well, I think for her, too, she's just kind of like, I have, this is like a business thing for her. And she had a lot of other things going on. I also, I think these retreats are really expensive. So I think she's kind of like, whatever, I'm getting a shit ton of money from this. Yeah, that's true. That what is did you true. think, though? So Rena wasn't there. She ha- is having a heart to heart with her daughter, Amelia. And it was very touching. I think Rena does a really good job of her phrase, like, own it, baby. And she really does. We say this, like she shows the good, the bad and the ugly. And I don't think she tries to sugarcoat it. But I loved that um, she was waving to the paparazzi during lunch. She just like embraced the whole thing after her daughter's talking about her fight with like depression stuff. Not that she was like making light of her daughter. I just love how quickly she can change the mood and make everybody laugh. Oh, she is someone who is okay with owning the term fame whore. Like, I feel like she's like, yeah, hey, Paps, like, look at me, puts on her sunglasses, immediately smiling, like, it just cracks me up. I think I saw a, fo- a Pat photo of her with her, like, mask, very similar, like, but with a mask and has been, <laughs> is smiling and waving. I thought it was hilarious and very runna. And she doesn't care. She owns it. I mean, she's like, yeah, I want the paparazzi's attention. I'm not going to pretend like I don't and act like this modest person who doesn't care for that i'm like thank you for just saying yes paps pat me pat me i like that ah then the the drama carries over into denise's fancy i mean for denise especially very fancy pizza party and um it quickly turns into a i don't even know like almost turned into a game of like never have i ever lesbian edition and there are a lot of Housewives who have dipped in the lady pond and were very open to talking about it. Garcelle had a threesome with all women. Yeah. And then Erica talked about how she was in a thruple, an open relationship. And <laughs> I don't know. It was just funny. It was kind of funny. I would say I get why Denise is un- was uncomfortable, but knowing how open she's been and the producers showed the footage about the happy ending. And then we all know as viewers, this season's going to be about a 
lesbian affair that she may or may have not had with Brandy. So it was really funny to me to watch her be so embarrassed. I think that's why she was so embarrassed, though, because she didn't want it to turn to her and her have to, like, lie and backpedal. I also think it's kind of that moment, like, as a mom, like, when my, your kids ask you stuff. Like, I remember asking my parents, like, did you ever get drunk underage? Did you ever, like, you know, get high? And they're like, no, never. And then, like, come to find out, my mom's like, well, I tried numerous times getting high, but she claims it didn't work on her, which I think is, like, the <laughs> best line ever. But it's kind of one of those, like, I'm not going to tell my kids all the bad, like, not bad, but just wild things I've done because I don't want them to do it. I feel like it was a very classic mom moment. Uh, but I also felt like I didn't understand how Kyle went from, I think, like fun, tipsy to super drunk and calling. And I love that you didn't know this word. She used to call Denise a ragamuffin. I <laughs> died when that happened because I legit was like, what the fuck is a ragamuffin? I had never heard that term in my life and I got what she was implying because she kind of described it and she was <laughs> it was just so it was just a weird rich person I don't know person thing to say I don't know if it's a rich person thing because I didn't grow up rich at all but my and my mom grew up really poor uh but she used to always tell me like you need to go brush your hair you can't leave this house looking like a ragamuffin and I just thought it meant kind of like a homeless person but now I've come to find out it means it can be like a disheveled or poorly clothed child and just like anybody who looks um, not done up, basically. I think. <laughs> I don't know. It just was very funny. I mean, she has since, Denise since has like said, oh, does this look like a ragamuffin and pulled all these covers where she looks hot and amazing. I mean, I, I don't think it. Denise has ever really looked like a ragamuffin. Yeah, she has a messy bun every now and then, but she also glams it up too. I think it's okay to have messy buns and glam hair too. And it seems like Kyle has since backpedaled um, on those comments, but it was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I think Kyle was pretty drunk. And I, so I think oh, she was just kind of like, oh, what a ragamuffin type of thing. But uh, next week, guys, buckle up because we get Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo episode. I can't believe it's this early. We're going to see it. I can't wait. I know, like, which worries me because it's like one of those things I feel like I'm hoping I'm wrong, but you're starting off so strong. And then I feel like the season's going to be then 10 episodes about did she, did she not have an affair with Brandy? Oh, yeah. I think that's uh, a very, very accurate prediction. But, I mean, there's going to have to be some buildup. I, like, I think this is going to come up. I think it's going to start with, like, an introduction of Brandy. It might be one of those things where we get, like, a bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. But then it does a two months before or two months later. Like, I think we might get like some of those, like a jumping around type of thing that they did last year with uh, Beverly Hills and Lisa. Yeah. But um, it's gonna be good. Hang on people. Uh, sadly though, this is our last time that we will be discussing summer house for this year. And I love that you and I both have the same comment. So we get the finale and then we have immediately after we had the reunion for summer house. And when it starts off, it kind of ends after Paige just goes ape shit on Lindsay. Lindsay's pretty upset. She's like crying in the pantry. Luke goes to comfort her. Everybody's drunk. And then it's like Luke and Hannah and Lindsay all chatting. And somehow it turns into Lindsay not just grabbing Hannah's boob, but like licking her nipple. I, You and I both were like, I don't think I've ever done that with a friend. I, I know I haven't. No. And why? <laughs> I don't, it was, it was, um, 
off color, I guess I'll say. Um, it was random. It was a random moment. I was I did not see that coming. And yeah, that was strange. <laughs> uh, but I feel like production really gets an A plus for this episode. I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe not an A plus because they also did some people dirty, but they didn't hold back. Kyle is a one minute man. He uh, took Amanda into, I'm guessing their bathroom. It didn't look like it was a closet, but takes him into the bathroom and they put a timestamp. And then one minute later, they're coming out of the bathroom and he says, that's good. I needed that. (laughs) Guys, that's so sad. No wonder they don't have a lot of sex. She's like, really? One minute? It's not even worth it. Well, I mean, I guess it doesn't take much for him. Um, But this episode was like all over the place in a good way. I mean, they have Amanda's bachelorette party where the girls get her stripper and do like a true bachelorette party s party while the guys get a tarot card reading, which was kind of, which was really weird. I want to know how that conversation came up with production. Like, Hey, we're not going to go out and get shit face. We got to keep it safe. (laughs) Let's get to do a tarot card reading. Yeah. It was a very odd choice, especially for that group of men, but the girls, I mean, I love watching the girls have fun. It looks like they have a great time. I will say too, bravo, Amanda. I'm a sucker for a see-through top and a bra and you pulled that one off. You looked amazing. Um, kind of wish I would have done that for my bachelor party now. Yeah. And then Amanda gets activated from coming back. They come back. They're drunk. They're feeling good. Amanda asked Luke or, well, she didn't ask Luke, just asked what they did. And Luke was like, I mean, I didn't really think he said anything horrible. He just just was like, like, he goes, uh, just, you know, I think they were wanting to know why Carl cried. And he's like, I don't feel, he basically was like, I don't feel like it's my thing to tell. Carl could tell you guys why he cried if he wants to. And she just loses her shit. It was so weird. I was like watching like a monster be born or something. I was like, all of a sudden she just like turned and her eyes, like her face changed and she was angry. It was, I feel like a lot of misplaced anger. It was very strange to me. I don't know if it has to do with like her relation. She was truly triggered. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I think that's a good way to describe it. Triggered. But then it's, it was like, like you said, it was all over the place. And then we jumped to like their Labor Day party, which was like a weird neon metallic. I don't know. It was like, a rave. It was, a, it was like a space cowboy rave is like what I'm calling it. Yeah. Like it wasn't like just like a reg, like a normal rave. <laughs> yeah. Space cowboy is a really good way to describe it. And they had like the, what I think is so funny is they have like all these random people in their house. And then like, it's like you blink and all of a sudden it's just them at the end of the night. Like that's not how parties typically end. I feel like you've always got a few stragglers that are like spending the night that shouldn't or too drunk to go home type of people. And somehow their parties just end and everybody clears out. And I noticed if you, so many of their guests didn't dress up. Did you, did I didn't you notice that. that? I no, noticed that's really it. funny. I, I mean, so many of them did not really get the theme. <laughs> well, they probably were like, you said it was a rave. I don't even know what a rave in the Hamptons is. And you guys are now looking like the rainbow bright on like LSD crew. So it was hard to, hard to figure it out. But uh, the best part for me was like with this like random storyline. So we have the fact that, you know, Danielle and Lindsay talk and she's like, you're not mad at me for basically this love triangle continuing. And Lindsay's like, no, I'm over it. And then we find out that Carl's ex and Lindsay's ex are dating. I'm like, you guys are just messy. Like this is a messy circle of friends. And everybody passes like, I don't know. Like, you know how like you would give a friend like a breath mint at a bar type of thing? Like, oh, yeah, I'll just pass a bunch out. I don't care. That's how they pass out like their ex-boyfriends and girlfriends in this group. It's so odd. 
It's it is very very odd actually. I, when I saw that, and they seem to be fine with it, and I mean, I know they were saying with Danielle, and we'll touch about this on the reunion where they're like, oh, they just make out, they get drunk and make out, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I know I've been out of the game for a minute <laughs> and I do have male friends, but I would not just randomly make out with a male friend all the time if there wasn't some sort of feelings there. Yeah, there's some there's something. Otherwise you wouldn't always get drunk and make out with that person. You would just get drunk and pass out. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but we did have sort of like this, I don't want to know if I would call it a heart to heart, but I will say I'm completely cheering for Carl. Carl, I must only call them Carl's. Carl and Jules, they're like the same person. They both just really want to hook up with someone. They don't want anything that serious, and they don't want it to be a big deal if, like, they make out with somebody else on the side. And she was completely cool with him making out with, Dan- with Danielle. Yeah, I'm not into it. I'm more into Carl and Danielle just making it a real thing than Carl and Jules. But I, I mean. Go I don't ahead. think at this moment Carl was ready to make it real with anybody. I think he's in a different space now that he's sober. And we'll talk about that. He revealed that on the reunion. Yes. This reunion, which the production value is like a joke compared to Atlanta. And even watching it, I was like, this was truly like a legit, like everyone log into Zoom reunion because you saw the camera quality varied from person to person. <laughs> yes. And I think some people didn't understand like, oh, maybe I should set it up so it's like a cool like kind of glimpse into my house. Jules looked like she was just like sitting on a bed or on a chair and behind her was just a wall. I think she was also using her built-in mic because her sound quality was terrible. There it was just everybody was all over. Uh Luke was like really close. Like I felt like we couldn't even tell where he was. Oh uh, no, it was I guess we saw the, a little bit of a background, but there were times where he leaned in so close to his laptop. It's like, buddy, you need to back away. Well, I, but uh, did you know that Luke plays hockey? Did you know that? Yes. I'm kidding. You talked about that. No, I'm oh, kidding. I was like, I'm kidding oh, because that setting was like so obvious. It was like, oh, hockey, but I hockey, think that's hockey. Minnesota, that's very Minnesota. Like those kids grow up and like either like are going to go to the NHL or like just be lifelong hockey people. Like there, I remember there was a guy that I went to school with in sixth grade went and lived with another family in Minnesota to go to a, a high school that was known for producing NHL players. Oh my gosh. Well, I thought so it was like, kind of funny. Yeah, no, I, but I agree. I think it was, uh, he had, I think it's in your thirties. It's time to let go of your NHL dreams if it hasn't happened yet. But Andy, I think was like, you know what? You guys really gave me minimal effort on setting up these zooms. So I'm just going to lay into you. And he asked tough, tough questions. In a sweatshirt, mind you, which again makes me laugh that he's like, I don't give a fuck about you folks as much (laughs) as I do Atlanta, that I'm going to wear a sweatshirt and just say I'm being Carl. Like that made me laugh so much. But yes, he was so tough. It was so good shade. And he went in and, oh Lord, I don't even know where to begin, but he did not give Kyle and Amanda, he grilled those two. I think it was good that he did, though, because a lot of us are, are wondering, is this – I I'm cheering for them. I don't know why I am. I really can't describe it. I don't think they're the best couple, but I just want them to work out. But I think Anthony oh – my God, Anthony. Um, I think Andy – I'm thinking of Anthony Lario all the time. Anthony, if you're listening. I think Andy Cohen, though, was just like, I'm going to ask all these tough questions because everybody's dying to know, and I bet he was just inundated with Twitter questions all about Amanda and Kyle because that was like the main part of the season. Yeah. It was a huge part of the season. I was bummed out of all his grilling and questions that he asked. He didn't ask about their wedding. I know. He said, like, you guys, you know, finally set a date, but they didn't say, like, is it still on? What's the deal? Like, how's it going? He did ask Cynthia that, though. 
And yeah, she said she's just it's too early and she's going to figure it out. But he did um, ask Carl to a lot of questions just about how Carl's doing and just where he is in life. And he revealed that he's sober now. I don't think he, I mean, he didn't say it in a way like I have a drinking problem, but I think he's just kind of like, I'm remaining sober. And I thought that was a really good thing to hear. I thought it was great. And I think deep down inside, although Carl has major, major fuckboy tendencies, we do not know him personally, obviously, but he seems like he's a good egg if he lets that side of him shine. It doesn't hide yes. behind alcohol. Yeah. I Well, and he like, I think he was one of those guys that like wants to be in a relationship, but it's also like that if I drop my guard and I get my heart broken, then it's going to really suck. So I'm just going to always like play people so they can't play me, which I know is like the definition of a fuck boy. But I also think it's um, like with his past and everything, but deep down inside, he is like wanting a ro- romantic comedy to be his life. Oh yeah. And his answers about, so this, We'll just focus on Danielle and Carl, but they said that they're not together and that they're just makeout buds. But later on, um, Andy asked which relationship would he want to do over with out of all the women that he's hooked up with. And he said, Danielle. So I don't know. I'm curious to see if being, I think she's in New York. I am. I'm kind of wondering if quarantine love would bring those two together. So we'll see. Were you shocked by the fact that Luke and Jules just do not like each other? I did not see that feud coming. I did not either. And I'm like, why didn't you get, why production didn't you show us this? It was, and I, okay, so, and Luke was like, I do not like you. Side note, Luke is horrible at reunions, regardless if he had COVID or not. (laughs) He just was did not present himself, I feel like, in the best light in general, just in how he responded and his vibe that he was kind of giving off. But I was really surprised by all of that. He basically, though, like, just shut her down and was like, I don't like you. Like, I was like, whoa, like, you're not even going to entertain this fight, which you got to learn to do that at reunions, buddy, because that's what we're all tuning in for. Yeah, exactly. And their argument was, I mean, I guess Jules hit him. And Her something about- slipped in the Uber. Yeah. I think yeah. they were just drunk. Yeah. I think it was probably a drunken fight. And then something about um, his friend, Jules, not hooking up with him and that Luke got mad. I can't really picture Luke getting mad at that. Not saying I'm not to fully defend Luke, but that doesn't seem like something he'd waste his energy on. I agree. I, but I can't decide whose side I'm on because I feel like Jules is also someone who like owns her sexuality. And so if she said like, Oh, like bring him to the Hamptons, I want to hook up with him this weekend. And she really did say that. I think she'd be the type who was like, yeah, I thought he was hot. I wanted to hook up with him. But then I got to the 4th of July party and I decided not to like, I don't know. I feel like she would have owned it, but I also just don't know why Luke would have lied about it. So I'm very torn on who to believe with that. I also am torn on the Luke and Hannah thing. And I get that she she wasn't really saying no to the idea of the future, but I, they are not in love right now and have fizzled and they never had sex. I was really hoping that like they would say they're still together, but they go live together all the time. They also tease the fuck out of their relationship for suckers like us who were like doing, like on their Instagram yeah. feed and all of that stuff. Like, are they, aren't they, are they, aren't they? They were the are they, aren't they? But I felt like Hannah's vibe towards him and this makes me feel like so much happened off camera that we don't know about, but she was pretty, um, like, it's almost like she was done drinking the Luke Kool-Aid and was 
I don't know. It just seemed like they were really not on the same page or I don't, I don't know. It was interesting to me, especially when she's like, don't fight me or whenever she got all intense and it was weird. Yeah. It was, it felt very, it, it didn't feel like this was like a whole, like, let's not let people think we're together thing. It felt like we really do not like each other. But do you think Hannah is going to start leaning on Brene Brown for guidance in life now like Lindsay has? Oh, my God. <laughs> that was so fucking funny. I'm like, make Lindsay a New York housewife friend of whatever now, <laughs> just based on that moment. <laughs> like, I was dying at that. It just made me laugh. And then was that what was I'm trying to remember the context of that. I think it had to do with Amanda. Amanda not, Amanda not having her back. Yeah, like don't judge the critic. Judge, I don't remember. I was just laughing so hard that she quoted Brene Brown. Because like you, I meant, immediately thought of Dorinda sending Luann the, um, what's his Tyler name? Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry quote. Like, which is like, you guys aren't even quoting like famous philosophers. You're quoting like, whatever. It just, it made me laugh. Um, but I, I, I don't, it was something about like how you judge people or whatever. I... I didn't think, though, Lindsay was like, Amanda, you said nasty, just horrible, nasty things about me behind my back. I was crying during parts of the season. And so Amanda's like, okay, what did I say? And she's like, you said you weren't even going to wish me a happy birthday on my birthday. I'm like, that's what made you cry? You're like 36 years old. Like, get over the birthday thing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good. It was, it wasn't good, but I really enjoyed the Brene Brown comment very, very much. And overall it was, it was a messy (laughs) reunion. There was a lot of intense moments. Luke needs reunion. He needs to take a seat and watch Atlanta, whether he wants to be confrontational you're on bravo so that's what's gonna happen and learn how to properly clap back yeah i don't know if luke comes back unless he's hannah's boyfriend i don't know that he will either because he said um what i don't think he said this on the show I, i heard an interview he did recently i think and he said he was friends with kyle and i never got that vibe the entire season that he was friends with kyle like it truly felt like he auditioned Maybe yeah, I've seen he was Kyle just a couple places and he was just casted. Like there wasn't really a friendship there. I agree. I just felt very disappointed because Summer House was such an amazing season and the reunion, I was just like, meh. Kind of how I feel about Vanderpump. So I don't even think we talk about this episode. Let's talk about the drama that's happening right now off the camera in regards to Sheena, Kristen, Ariana, kind of just putting it out there that production for Vanderpump is dirty and messy and like they're just out there to get Sheena this yeah my jaw dropped so you found all this tea so why don't you tell everyone what's going on so we saw Sheena tweeted today she tweeted and has since deleted all of this but anyhow she said hey Andy I have some tea for you check your dms well, our one of our favorite podcasters, Danny Pellegrino, had also tweeted that giving context on what that tea is, a Bravo editor spilled some stuff about pump rules that is, ah, emoji. <laughs> um, here <laughs> she talks about how Bravo decided that Stasi and Bo were special heroes. He continues to say, here she admits to finding all the embarrassing footage of Sheena to put into the episode, I guess because Sheena didn't befriend her. This is crazy and professional justice for she she for sheena is that her nickname 
she yeah she 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 i've heard seen all sorts of things and we have not listened to this podcast or the episode but it sounds like they're they were really favoring stassi and Bo, trying to make sheena look dirty um yeah it was just bad and it kind of i mean yeah we'll have to show all the stuff and we'll link to the podcast if it hasn't been deleted but you were texting me you're like this is going to be deleted oh it's only been deleted the tweets have since been deleted um we can kind of grab these screen grabs and stuff but i mean i mean here's the thing like reading it i was shocked that it kind of got out but watching it as a viewer especially this season, it just feels so contrived. I mean, okay, so here's the Ariana part. I didn't make this connection until I saw some article on Reality Blurb, which who knows how truly reputable they are, but they quoted Ariana and Tom that they were very annoyed that none of their fancy AF cocktail book got shown. And I didn't even click in my mind until I read it. I was like, oh my God, yeah. Like none of that stuff got shown. So in piecing all of this together, it sounds like the producers are really favoring which stories I really want to tell. And it makes me wonder what's going to be left of this already horrible. I don't want to say, you know what I mean? Horrible show. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we saw a lot with Stassi and her book and she, I mean, we've heard from different Bravo people and I was trying to remember the interview so I could go Google it and pull it up. But a while ago, I saw something about when Bethany left, they were asking, you know, who could be the next Bethany kind of implying like who would be the next person to sort of come out of nowhere as this major entrepreneur using Bravo as her platform. And they all said Stassi. And a lot of people have said they think Stassi is the only one who could potentially like carry having her own show some sort of spinoff and it does seem like they when they like Stassi which I mean the first couple seasons I don't know if they were 100% drinking her Kool-Aid but it does seem like they love her now and it's very rare where they show her in a bad light like they might show the dark passenger of her a few times but then immediately it's her and Bo you know making up and everything's okay and she's talking about how in love she is and how she's just focusing on herself and all this stuff and I think there's some truth to the fact that now her and Bo are like this protected little couple and pair that Bravo wants to help elevate to the next level. Yeah. And let's not, let us not forget. I mean, Stassi has done a good job in terms of branding herself as this basic bitch and ranch and all these little things. And she's definitely peppered it in there. She's, she's savvy in that way. Um, but it's just interesting to me that we talk about witches of WeHo we talk about Stassi stuff, but we don't talk about Tom and Ariana's fancy AF book. Um, so I don't know. It's just very, very messy. So I'm curious to see how Andy responds. I believe they've already filmed the reunion. So I don't know that any of this stuff would be revealed at that point or if they knew about it, but it all kind of came out today. So, ooh. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's more exciting than anything else that's been happening on Vanderpump. So let's hope it gets uh, a lot of attention and we find out more about it. But that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Way over, but hopefully you guys are enjoying this. We've been getting a lot of messages saying, keep keep rambling on, keep talking, ladies. We're all bored and we need more Bravo recaps. So we will eventually get back to our 30-minute time frame, but we're just not going to do it right now. Uh, But it is time, and this is usually where we give a shout out, and we don't necessarily feel like this is 
a shout out type of thing, but more of just uh, a thinking of you. And with last week being uh, infertility awareness week, uh, it's always like the week leading up into Mother's Day. We just want everyone to know if you're struggling to become a mother, if you've recently um, lost a child through miscarriage or stillbirth like Kara Kehoe Bosworth did, uh, we just want you all to know that we're thinking of you as moms ourselves. It's not lost on us how lucky we are. And um, Kara just put out, a, I think it's almost a 10-minute video where she describes what happened, what she's been through. And we have not listened to it yet. I think it's one of those things that you need to be emotionally prepared for it. And you really need to be in a space where you are okay listening to this. I know Vanessa, you said being pregnant, you're just not there. And that, I think that's completely fine and smart, but we, we will put it out there um, and link to it for you guys who want to, but just, just know it might be a trigger for anybody who's suffered um, any sort of loss recently um, related to pregnancy. Absolutely. And I mean, I know we talk about this all the time and don't forget to check on your friends who are still struggling through infertility, especially during a pandemic. I know I have a close friend of mine who was, you know, distraught that her plans weren't in place. And I know some transfers and elective surgeries, hopefully those are getting back in, but definitely check on your friends who are, who are struggling. Um, because now more than ever, especially after Mother's Day, it's probably just more reminders, especially as we complain where, I mean, oh, I, we're complaining about with our kids and we're exhausted and yes, we're valid to those feelings, but it can also bring up some other emotions that other people have. So don't forget to check on your friends who have been struggling, even if they're not communicating it to you. I think a simple text of just, Hey, thinking of you, how you doing does wonders. So exactly with that being said, guys, we have so many more fun things down the pipeline. Please, please, please. If you haven't already, Give us a five-star rating or a review. It truly makes the world's difference. It helps us show up in the algorithms. It helps us get more guests like Craig on the show. So please, please, please show your love and give us a five-star rating and a review. And if you aren't already, follow us on Instagram at Real Moms of Bravo, and we will catch you next week. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now, and for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment.